Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hello, everybody. We have got another interview for you. First of a few this summer here on The Blue Room. This one is with Sophie Eccleston, who is an England cricketer. She is the number one ranked bowler in the world by the ICC for both ODI and T20 formats. Uh, she's a wonderful cricketer, one of England's superstars. She made a debut at 17 and has gone from strength to strength since taking the team to a World Cup final earlier this year and excelling in all formats of the game. So me and Dave, lucky enough, had the chance to speak to her a little bit earlier on. Of course, the most important from our point of view is that she is a massive Evertonian as well. So we spoke to her about the Blues, about cricket, about mental health and sport and a variety of other topics. So here is a segment of that interview. If you want to hear it in full, well over half an hour, the full version is available over on the Blue Room Extra, which is at patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. If you want to join us over there, it's worth about £1 a week and you get access to a load more exclusive content throughout the summer as we cover transfers and all the other goings on at Goodison Park as well. So that's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, but in the meantime, hopefully you also enjoy this segment of our chat with Sophie from earlier on today. I just hope our main players stay. Obviously, we need to keep Pickford somehow. We need to keep Richarlison and just try and keep our main players there. And obviously, some might leave because they want Champions League football and stuff like that. But hopefully, they, they stay and like see that it's a people's club and hopefully stay for the fans and try and get Everton back where they belong, which is like eighth at least. <laughs> the European nights is what I'm aiming for. I'd love to just go away. I remember my brother going away to Lille for a weekend and like, he absolutely loved it because it was Europa League nights and I'm hoping for more, more days like that, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, it, it feels like, it's so, it's, I know every every fan of every club says it, but it, it is deserved given what we've all been through, which has been complete hell for most of the time. So actually being able to have a Thursday night where we were staying in the Premier League, that's how far down it had gone. Um, <laughs> I mean, when, when, you, when you talk about keeping the players, like, I, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday and he was like, you know, do you not think somebody's going to go? And I, the thing that I, the feeling I have towards it, not through any sort of knowledge of it, was that you mentioned Pickford, you mentioned Richarlison, the other ones, Carver Lewin, are probably, if the club are looking to sell players in order so we can sign them and things like that, it's probably one of those three that goes. And I, I just can't imagine anything. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. I can't imagine Everton without Richarlison anymore. And and how, how devastating that would be. I mean, you mentioned yourself. He's, he must. He's pretty much all of our favourite players right now. And Pickford as well. Really, it's it. It'd just be hell going through summer if Richarlison's gone and signed. Because he, let's face it, he deserves to play in the Champions League. No one, no one would deny him of it. 
but it'd be so devastating if that lad left the club because he's been everything about us in the last couple of months, hasn't he? I think when he obviously put on Instagram like like a couple of months ago about he's going to keep us up in this league, like please believe in us, like he was like we will make sure we stay in this league and promised ever like promised the fans that they were going to stay in the Prem. Everyone was like, gosh, that's quite a big promise to give out to all the fans and. Obviously, he's gone and done it, and yeah, he does deserve Champions League football. But yeah, if he did leave, I think there'll be a few tears. To be honest, if he yeah. left or would left or DCL, no, obviously DCL's not had the best of seasons. Obviously, he's been injured and going through mental health, which is not easy. And not many people have known what he's been going through. I know that a couple of our girls, obviously Crossy, she won't mind me saying, but she's come out in the media last year that how she struggles with mental health and she had to take a break from cricket and how hard it is. Like. Everyone says you've got the best job in the world, but it's, it comes with such highs and lows and tough times that like it's sometimes not the best job in the world and people think it is. So hopefully he stays and hopefully we can, yeah, as I said, just Europa Nights is what we're aiming for. And obviously it's a, quite a big aim to go from relegation battle to Europa Nights, but we can all dream. <laughs> yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, the, the mental health side of things and, you know, you, you made your debut, I'm right in saying, when you were 17, didn't you, for England, in the ODIs. Yeah. Um, yeah, going from then to now, and what you've just mentioned then about you, you people you've put, girls you played with who've mentioned how tough it is sporting wise to, you know, play well, but also keeping your head the responsibility you have for yourself, fans, or the people. Is there anything like that that you found difficult yourself, or or, or does it is it something that you found quite simple in the process you've gone from being such a young girl that got in the England side to what you are now as one of the world's best cricketers is there is there is there anything that has, has been difficult for yourself obviously you don't need to be, get too personal about it but <laughs> did you know what I mean by that sort of question yeah no when I was 16 I was well 17 when I made my debut I was still like it was such a quick turnaround from because I just used to play cricket because I enjoyed it and I, I was lucky enough that I was quite good at it and obviously just playing with my mates and just love life and yeah it was kind of something that I enjoyed and to go from 17 and I was in school made my debut then I left school and I was one of the first people, I was the first person to go from school straight into an England contract as a girl. And I went from being just a school per, like school girl one day and leaving and then getting a professional contract. And yeah, it's obviously been a bit of a whirlwind. And definitely last year was one of the toughest times, I think, because of COVID last year, we were playing in English summer, but we were away in England and you couldn't see your family because of COVID. And it was in a bubble at two months time, in, in like two months of it was in a bubble. So I think it was just such mad timing that it was like COVID wasn't great and obviously not seeing family whilst trying to play cricket for England wasn't easy and trying to balance it out. So, yeah, it was obviously quite a tough time and hopefully that's all stopped now and hopefully this summer's more normal. I was going to say, do you feel do you feel that that is, in many ways, it's not been a blessing in disguise. That's probably a wrong term to talk about it that way, but in, in terms of made you feel stronger, the fact that you've had to deal through those setbacks of COVID, of not seeing your family, of being, like even right now, when you're away from family for so long in a different country across the world, those things that you've experienced, I presume, make you feel a lot stronger now that you're doing it. Yeah, I think everyone knows me. I think when I was 17, 18 and going away from home, I think a two-week tour was too much for me. I was such a home bird that I hated going away. And mentally, I just hated it. I just didn't want to do it. And I'd be on England tours and all I'd be doing was like literally crossing off days when I was home. Like It didn't matter what was that day or I'd got three wickets for England that day, but oh, another day done, like another day ticked off. And I think it's changed around now. I think the same as football is really that the career doesn't last forever. You'll always retire at one point and you'll have to go into something different. So I think now I've realised that. I think 
just get all the opportunities whilst I can and obviously if I can with COVID now hopefully this is my last bubble in India that I'll have to do and hopefully families can come out to wherever I'm touring and come on holiday and watch me play cricket so hopefully from now on it'll be a much easier ride and yeah definitely I think it's made it easier with obviously COVID wasn't ideal last year but it's definitely made me stronger as a person to go away from home knowing that I can go out and do things and in England this summer we'll be able to go just to go out for tea and like go out for a walk and not to wear a mask yeah. yeah, just just simple things like not to just I don't know, like being able to see my parents when they come and watch me play cricket instead of being two meters away from them, not being able to go out for tea with them. Like little things will make such a difference this year. Just finally, for for me, you obviously mentioned Dom's statement there, and I think I've been trying to reflect on it sort of myself over the last few days, and it sort of made me realise that as sort of pundits and broadcasters, we sort of analyse professional sports people in these sort of small windows that we see, be it a two-hour football match, be it a you know, five or, or ten overs from yourself when, when, you, when you're bowling. And it, it sort of made me realise that I think sometimes we, we make snap judgments based on how these elite people under high pressure perform in these really in, intense moments. And I, I imagine for, for someone like yourself who's sort of in, in that, that world, you probably must have looked at, at Carver-Lewin's statements and some of the things he said about you know what people said about him. I think he said in his interview after the game on on Thursday night that people have questioned his his commitment and his attitude to the football club. Do you sort of feel that a bit yourself sometimes? You, you know, you mentioned there about the the three losses at the start of the World Cup that maybe people need to take a, a bit of a step back when it comes to to that kind of criticism, and maybe it can get a little bit too much sometimes. Yeah, honestly, I'm actually made up that he's come out and said something about mental health because I think. It doesn't get spoke about enough. I mean, there's been games that I know that I've played and I've cried before the game because I'm missing home and really just want to go home and then go on TV and then you go and play on Sky Sports and you've got to try and do your job and people just don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And as you said, that you see someone for like two hours at a time and you just kind of judge them on that two hours, but you never know what's going on at home or if something's happened, like no one really knows what's going on. So yeah, when people judge people like that, and just like, there's obviously something going on differently and when people make comments on social media to him, it's or anyone really, it's obviously not ideal. But then for him to come out and say that he's been struggling is obviously a, a massive thing for the game and obviously a massive thing for mental health because people obviously don't really come out that often and say how they actually struggle and how things have been going for them off the pitch. So, yeah, obviously fair play to him for saying something and hopefully it, um, people get off his back a little bit and give him some, some slack, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you get home, you've still got a hectic year, haven't you? It doesn't just stop when you get back from India, does it? But at least you are back at home. Um, you've got the 100 coming up as well. You've got a year that's just so hectic. What do you do to get away from cricket? What What are the things that sort of you space out of everything you do professionally? What do you go and do? What, what's the type of thing you go and do normally? Yeah, obviously now this year, like it's just hectic. Like women's cricket used to be like a few games here and there, and now it's literally like my I don't really have an off season. I think my next time I've got off is after the World Cup next year, which is in South Africa will be like March, April time that I'll next get some time off because we've got South Africa coming over when I get home, and then we've got the hundred, we've got the Commonwealth Games this year, we've got India coming over, then I'm hoping to go to the Big Bash, and then we go to the West Indies. So it's quite a hectic schedule, but. Yeah, a massive thing for me is obviously that I'm really close to my family and I'm making sure I see them. And yeah, going to the game is a massive thing. It's just great to go and do something different and even just go out with the lads, go into town before the game and have a few G&Ts before the game and just have a have a bit of a relaxing day and go and do something very different and have a bit of a laugh. It's obviously great just to get away and I'm a massive shopper. So definitely go into like somewhere like Cheshire Oaks. Obviously, I could up north go there and do a bit of shopping and yeah, just being at home with my family. I just love being with my family and being with my dog. So 
yeah, he's getting away from cricket, so a massive thing for me. Nice. And obviously, you'll be hoping to get back to the game as well when you get a chance to, and we're still, unfortunately, still playing in the Premier League. <laughs> well, I'm hoping so, because my dad's, as, like, my dad's obviously just going to every single game. I think I've been to, like, seven uh, overall. Obviously, uh, well, me and my dad share a season ticket, so obviously it's... Uh, he just be, he's been loving it at the minute. He's just going to the game each time, and uh, yeah. So hopefully next year I can challenge you for the scene ticket and say it's my turn to go now. So yeah, hopefully I can go to a few games when the summer start, when the season starts in the summer again. Is he just thinking- well? The one thing I was going to say, Sophie, you won't have any trouble in getting a ticket to go to see Everton the way in which you're going <laughs> in terms of what you're doing with your sport. I don't I don't want to make your your face go red or anything like that, but. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the club will be in touch with you very, very soon. So certainly have a chat with them like we are today anyway. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money. But it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. You remember that time you were singing in the shower? And then you heard a knock on the wall? And then you realized that your bathroom shared a wall with your neighbor's bedroom? And all you could do was stand there silently, thinking about all the other things they may have heard in the four years you've lived there? (sighs) Yeah, good times. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.